0: Good morning, happy Sabbath. Morning. Good morning. morning. happy to be here with you all. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started. I feel like a tiger. I know I used to give uh, Charles fits because I used to move around so much, but now I feel very contained. You know, tigers, And <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. I'm so glad you guys got to do VBS. It looked like the kids had a great time. But you look go to the zoo, and if you do get, have the chance to see the tiger, what are they usually doing? Pacing back and forth, you know. But now I feel like I have, I have to be careful. I don't want to knock down the little children and stuff like that. <laughs> Good job, Charles. You guys trapped me. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> we'll go ahead and get started with the word of prayer. And uh, where you are, if you could just bow your heads with me. Dearly Father, Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for just for how much you love us. Lord, you've given us your word, and at this moment, as we open up your word, we ask that the Holy Spirit enters our hearts and our minds, Lord, so we may be able to see you more clearly. I ask this of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you all a question. How many of you all like chocolate? What, what, because like, now there's different types of chocolate. There's like, there's like uh, milk chocolate, and then there's dark chocolate. You don't like milk chocolate? I saw you make a face. This is the benefit of up here. How many of you all like milk chocolate? chocolate. There's white chocolate too, of all things, you know? How many of you all like white chocolate? Let's talk about white chocolate. All right. Now, I'm asking about favorite though. Don't just raise your hand for all of it. How many of you, your favorite is white chocolate? Okay, okay. How many of you all like milk chocolate? That's my favorite. That's my go-to right there. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. (laughs) David's hand went up so fast. All right. Now, why can't... Chocolate be like vitamins. You know what I mean? Don't you wish that that would happen? Like there are some like mangoes, for example. I love mangoes. Mangoes are good for you. They're healthy and stuff like that. But mangoes are also super expensive, aren't they? And then they're rare. Like we got some mangoes uh, this week. And you had to be very selective. Because either they were really rotten. Or they were still very green. You know, they were still not done with the growing process and stuff. So it's, it's hard to find those things. But then there's certain things like Cheetos. I love Cheetos, you know. And then there's other food that you may like. Oh man, I, I don't know the name of this one. It's you find it in the frozen food section, and it's uh it's a like a it's a pie, but it's like Cool Whip and chocolate and like a cookie crust. Oh my word, I'll take that over salad any single day. I'm not I'm not lying to you. You know you would do the same thing, wouldn't you? If it wasn't bad for you like don't you wish you could just sit in front of one of those things and just start going at it and be like hey this is good for my body i will get stronger i will lose weight (laughs) but come on that's just being delusional that's not gonna happen is it why isn't it that those things could be good for you and then we pray over some some food we pray over it like god's gonna do lord this pizza (laughs) father this cheese pizza Vegan, of course. No, vegan might be good. But then I've had some of that gluten-free crust stuff. <clears throat> the reason it's good for you is because it prevents you from wanting to eat more. <laughs> so, <laughs> Unless Brother Adams can point me to a good vegan crust and stuff. I had some vegan pizza. not very good. But we pray for certain food and, and, and I've thought about it as I'm praying for it and I'm looking at it like, Lord, this cheeseburger. Lord, if you could split the Red Sea... You can turn this into vitamins and nutrients that my body needs. Obviously, it has not worked. <laughs> it has not worked. So, so what do we do? You know, we, we, it's hard for us to eat the healthier stuff. So at my job, you know, where I'm at right now, I walk a lot i walk a lot and the frustrating thing is like i've looked for apps on my phone because i remember when i first started there i was like man my feet are killing me you know how much did i walk and then my phone showed me you walked x amount of miles and um i was like wow that's pretty cool so then i got a different app you know how much did did, does this app show i walked so i think i shared this with you all last last time i preached here one app said like seven miles you know seven nine miles and then the new app was like 14 miles i was like wow i like this app more you know (laughs) (laughs) this app is awesome but I'm like, okay, well, which one is actually telling it? What if I only walk two miles? And then these thinking things are lying to me and stuff. So as I walked more, the more I worked at this place, I'm not going to say my age, but it was my age <laughs> began to show. My knees started hurting. It's like, well, I'm not walking on my knees. Why are my knees hurting? The plantar fasciitis, and then the, you have to wear steel toes, so your toes are all scrunched and stuff. And like, I started going through pain my thighs and my calf I was like, man, this is pathetic. You know, I got to start taking Advil or Tylenol or leave something to help me because it's, it's, it's great. So then my wife is like, maybe you should stop eating bread. I was like, maybe you should do it. <laughs> so I was like, fine, you know, fine. So a few months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start eating healthier. I was like, you know what? If I'm walking, if I'm walking five miles at least a day at my job, I could take advantage of this. This is a good thing. You know. This job, is, as much as I may dislike how much I walk in it and stuff, and it's hot and it's stuffy, Like I'll be sitting there inputting information into the computer and stuff, and I, it's gross. I'm dripping sweat. And it's, I'm the most random sweater, I don't know, person that sweats. I'm the most random sweater in the world. You know. Some people sweat in their nose first, or their cheeks. My arms are the ones that sweat first. So I'll be there typing, and I look down, I'm like, what in the world? I got little puddles. <laughs> it's so gross. And I'm like, I go like this, and sweat flies off. I'm like, what in the world? I touch my face, and it's dry. But my arms are soaking wet. I'm like, this is weird. Lord, why did you make me this way? So I'll be, it's, it's that hot. And I'm not even walking around at that point. I'm just standing there, and I'm sweating, okay? So I'm like, I try to look at the good side. This is helping me to lose weight. I go home, you know, and I step on the scale. I'm like, man, scale's broken. <laughs> the scale adds 10 pounds. <laughs> it's like the television set, you know? So, as I'm working and stuff and, and, and doing these things, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to change some things. Maybe this will help me get fit again. Maybe it's, maybe it's me. So, I stopped eating sandwiches. You know, so I stopped eating bread. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Oh, I know, I'll go to Brookshire's. And, you know, they have like the ready-made salads. You know, so I was like, well... That one looks good, that one looks good, that one looks good. So I bring a whole bunch of them and then I take them home or take them to work and stuff. And of course, I go and sit down and my coworkers are like, what are you, a rabbit? <laughs> like, we'll see when I'm slim and you're not. <laughs> it's not working yet. So I was like, okay, well, shoot, what I got to do now? because I get my salad and drink a Coke. Like, so I'm beginning to go more extreme. You know, they have like these little like, the little packs about that big, like a glow tract and they'll have they say on there they, this has the protein of 3 eggs and two almonds and 15 grapes and I don't know what else so I was like I'll try this you know I, I got to do something you know being married to Anna has added some weight to me she cooks good so <laughs> so I go and I and I get these things and I'm like I'll get I get a granola bar too this is really hard for me to be admitting to you all I'll get a granola bar and I'll take I'll take an apple And my friends are looking at me like, it's not going to work. We've tried it. Like, listen here. I am bound and determined. So as I've been doing this, sure enough, my knee was bothering me. No more knee pain. I think it's because I'm losing weight and I don't care what the scale says. (laughs) But I don't have any more knee pain. My feet still hurt. But I mean, that's because I'm standing eight, nine hours out of the day, you know. So I've been doing this. I don't know if it's working or not. So I was like, man. My scale's still broken. (laughs) What do I got to do now? So I started jogging. I think I'm walking between six and eight miles a day, okay, on hard concrete. And then like a genius, I'm like, I'll jog now. I'm going to go all the way. I'm extreme, you know. I can do this. (laughs) It's in my genes. So I jogged three miles. No, that's... Well, one day I walked, jogged three miles, and then the day that I was like, I'm going to really push myself, and I'm going to jog four miles. And then my leg cramped, my calf muscle. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's like something was hanging onto that muscle, trying to stop me, because it literally felt like something had clamped onto my leg right here, and wouldn't let me go. I looked down, and it's like, what are you doing, dummy? You're too old for this nonsense. Stop running, go inside where it's not hot, get some water, and take a nap. Because that's what you really want to do. And I'm like, no, I will not let my muscle defeat me. So I'm running like this. (laughs) I was like, I will not go down without a fight, you know? I did almost four miles. (laughs) And then the next day I was paying for it. I was like, and how many a leap can I take At the hospital, we only let them take one. I was like, I don't care. I'm a big boy. I'll take two. (laughs) It did help. But like, it's, why in the world can't it be easy? Have you ever thought about that? Why can't it be easier? Why can't it be easy? Why can't anything be easy? Why can't I just fill my bank account? You know, this way, you're just like, I need a new pair of shoes, bang, (laughs) I need the new Bronco, bang, done, you know, why can't they be that easy? I want to be able to jog 10 miles and not hurt. How many of y'all like jogging, let's be honest? You run after chicken, that's not jogging. Jogging is the worst thing ever. I don't think God made us to jog. I think God just made us to walk. It is the worst thing ever. And then there's people, you know, I, I see some of my pastor friends and they're like, I jogged 10 miles today. I'm like, oh, be quiet. I wish I could put a thumbs down on Facebook. They're like, that's nonsense. I jog three miles. I'm at mile one and my calf muscles telling me to stop and stuff. Why can't it be easy? Why can't I just wiggle my nose or something and, and all of a sudden I'm fit and healthy and stuff and, and looking good? Why does it take so much work? And it's the same thing with a Christian, isn't it? You know, I look at the story of Abraham, and we always, for some reason, it's, I don't think it's just our generation, I think it's just humans in general after sin, where we look at the end result, and we think to ourselves, I will take a shortcut, because that's what sin does. Sin makes us want to take a shortcut, and we say to ourselves, I want to take a shortcut, and I want that now. That's a problem with the current generation with everything having, being, having them having access to everything on their cell phones, through social media, we want what we want now. I mean, how many of you, all, like pizza being delivered was a great thing, wasn't it? But now you can have any food delivered. Uber foods and stuff, and now you don't even need a taxi, you can just, you need a ride, there you go, it's done. You can pre-order fast food, because having fast food isn't fast enough, it's like super express food, have you thought about that? Skip the line. Get the app. And there's people that literally like... And then they walk out. The first time I saw that, I was like, that lady's shoplifting. <laughs> Somebody stop her. But then I'll lose my place in line, so I'm just going to stand here and continue <laughs> to wait. You know, we want the end result. We don't want what has to happen before. Right? We want the big house. We want the. We want the the big bank account, we want the nice car, we want what our grandparents had, and I'm speaking to my generation right now, we want what our grandparents worked so hard for, but we want it now. We want it right out of college. We want it right out of high school. We live in a dream. That doesn't happen. It happens with time. It happens with time. But in the Christian walk, we look at the story of Abraham, we look at the story of David, and we're like, yeah, David was a man after God's own heart. When he was an old man, yeah. When he was a grown, full man, yes. Abraham was a father of faith. I want to be the father of faith. He was old when he was a father of faith. Same thing with Moses. Now that doesn't mean, please don't say that I'm saying, well, it's not until you get old can you have that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm getting at is that we skip the, 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 the road that they took. We, we, we want to skip all of those things and we want what we want now. That's why when you go to like the different aisles in, in Brookshires, you go to all the diet stuff and it's like, it's huge. If you do this for 15 days, you will lose 30 pounds, 2 pounds a day. It's like, how about that? <laughs> I don't want to have to jog. I'll just drink this little magic drink and I'm good to go. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? We look at the picture and then they fool us and we're like dummies, we, we go after it. But we look at these stories. For example... Let's go to the book of Job. We know the story of Job. Job was already a grown man. He was an adult. He already had kids. He had a family. And we know know the story, so we're going to skip a lot of it. We know that Job's kids died. We know that Job lost all of his wealth, all because Satan said, well, that's because you give him everything. You take too good a care of him. But I guarantee you, God... If you were to take his stuff, he'll curse you. He's just like every other human being. The beautiful part about the story, and this is the part that we leave out so much, is that God had so much faith in his son Job. You think about that. God had so much faith in his son Job that he says, do whatever you want, but do not touch his life. Because God knew, my son Job will not leave me. Have you thought about that? Because a lot of times when bad things happen to us, we think to ourselves, why has God left me? I'll leave you too. But have you ever thought about the fact that if God is allowing difficult times in your life, it's because He believes in you? Have you stopped to think about that? Because that's what we're going to talk about. So Job has lost everything. He is a broken man. The image I have of Job is him sitting on a little mound with sores, scratching himself with pieces of broken pottery and ashes over his head. That was Job. Job, and you look at how it started, and you look at where he's, where he is, kind of towards the middle of the store, and you're like, man, this poor guy. If people were to see him, they would not have recognized him. And this is all within a matter of it doesn't exactly say, but in my mind, it seems like a matter of weeks where he's just a broken man in so much pain without anything that identified him as Job. There was nothing there that identified him as Job, except for his name. And then his friends begin to talk to him, and his friends and his wife and everybody's like, Man, you're about to really make God mad. And that's the society that we live in, isn't it? Coming from the Spanish culture, Coming from the Spanish culture, if something is happening in your life, you've made God angry. What have you not asked forgiveness for? You better go back and check. What, you, you have some secret sin in your life, that's why bad things are happening to you. You made God angry. And we do that. We think to ourselves, if I have done something wrong, then God is therefore punishing me. Does God punish? Yes, He does. We see it. The flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, the Red Sea. We see that God does punish. But we think that everything that happens in our lives is because God is angry at us. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of a God would He be if everything that happened in our life was because He was angry at us? And we, we take the, when we do that, when we say to ourselves, Oh, God is punishing me. God is, God is angry at me. We are essentially taking the blame off of ourselves when you stop and think about it. Oh Lord, why in the world am I getting a ticket right now? What did I do to you? Okay, I was driving 100 miles an hour, but that doesn't matter. God, why am I so broke? Okay, I bought three cars, but it's not that big of a deal. When we blame everything on God, we're not taking some of that blame ourselves. Right? God, why do I have to work so hard? Maybe you shouldn't. Should have done something else with your life. Why do I hate my job? It's just everything. We blame God because we don't want to own the, the, the issue that we have put ourselves in. But Job, what had Job done? He was a righteous man. As a matter of fact, he was so righteous, he was such a good man, that what would he do? I will make sacrifices just in case my children have sinned because I love them so much I want them to be covered. I want them to be forgiven. He was so selfless. He loved his children and and it doesn't say that his children were wicked or evil. It doesn't say that. But he's thinking to himself, I want my children covered. He was a righteous man. let's go to the book of Job, chapter 19. And Job speaks, in verse 21, it says, Have pity on me. Have pity on me. Oh you my friends. He says it twice. Have pity on me. Have pity on me. O you my friends. For the, for the hand of God has struck me. Had God's hand struck him? No. But he doesn't know this. And that's kind of the, the amazing thing about Job. He doesn't know. He thinks it's God's hand that has struck him. But continue to listen to what he says. Why do you persecute me as God does and are not satisfied with my flesh? So he's talking to his friends. and He says, why are, you, why are you speaking this way to me? Is it not enough that God is angry at me? You're also going to be angry at me? You are also going to come and put me down? Now if Job's story would have ended there, you would have thought to himself, oh, man, Job was angry at God or Job was blaming God, or Job was probably going to leave God because he just thought to himself, well, this isn't worth it. So Job has in his mind, God is doing this to me. Now let's continue. Oh, that my words are written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book, that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer, Redeemer lives, and He shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh, I will see God. Let that sink in for just a little bit. So Job, in his mind, he thinks, God is striking me. God is doing this to me. But then what does he say? I know That even if I die, even if my, my skin is eaten by the worms and I'm just turning to dust, I know that I will see him again in the flesh because my Redeemer lives. Think about what he's saying. Think about the implication there. So he thinks to himself, God is hurting me, but I still love God so much that even if he does kill me, even if I do die, even if time passes and I turn into dust, I know that I will see him again. Have you thought about that? So he is essentially saying, Lord, even if you do strike me, even if you're mad at me, I don't care. I still love you. And I know because you're good and you're loved, I know that I will see you again. So I was in class at Southwestern and I was, it was some sort of literature class. I can't remember what it was called. It doesn't matter. And and the professor asked us a question that I had never really thought about. If there was no such thing as God, if there was no such, well, I'm sorry, if there was no such thing as heaven, there was God, but if there was no such thing as heaven, would you still serve the Lord? That was a question. If there was no such thing for eternal life, would you still want to serve God? Because guess what? A lot of us want to serve God because of what the outcome will be. But that was a tough question. That means if, that if I die, I'm dead. I'm done. I'm done living. There's no such thing as eternal life. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing else. Would you still want to serve God? Now that's a tough question because this world wants to offer everything to us. You can, you can have wealth, you can have money, you can have power, you can have this, you can have all of that. You can have fame and everything if you don't follow God. But the life that Christ asks us to follow is, He compares us to sheep. Sheep is just a, it's an animal that is something meek, it's something humble, it's something quiet. God, Jesus never said, you guys are roaring lions, you guys are like tigers, you guys are like the, the mustangs running through the wild. You know, something so glorious and majestic and beautiful. No, He says, you guys are like sheep. You guys are just like little lambs. The reason that He does that is because He wants us to understand that the life of a Christian isn't for glory and fame and honor and power and wealth. It is not for that. That's not what the life of a Christian should be. He calls us to be different. And it isn't easy, is it? It isn't easy, even for Eve. God knows, Eve, that if you eat of this fruit, you will be like Him. This fruit will make you like Him. It's like the world. If you drink this drink, just twice a day, you will lose two pounds every day. You'll be slim in no time. If you put this makeup on, it'll make you more beautiful. If you comb yourself with this hair, you just let it go. That's what we want. We want the easy way. But Christ calls us to be different. Here is Job going through the hardest time of his life and he's still saying, I will hang on to God no matter what because I have faith in Him. You may not know what God is doing in your life. You may not know. (laughs) And as long as you're in this earth, you may never know why He allows some things to happen to us. And you have to be okay with it. And it isn't easy. When my dad passed away in 2019, November of 2019, you go through all these stages of grief. And I thought to myself, this isn't fair, God. This isn't fair. My dad never heard a fly. He worked hard, he was always fun. How is this fair? He's worked hard his whole entire life. And now when he's about to retire to enjoy his grandchildren, you give him cancer? How is that fair? Lord, how is it fair that children who haven't lived their lives can die of cancer? I was just reading a post yesterday and it broke my heart. This kid that went to Union College, he was going to be a religion uh, teacher, a Bible teacher. I guess he had just gotten done with summer camp. He had just graduated this this, uh, last May. Died in a car accident. He was about to begin his career in the service of God as a Bible teacher. God allowed him to rest. How is that fair? Have you thought about that? When we go through hard times in our life, when we lose our job, when, we, when, we, when, when, when we're having problems in our marriage, when we're having problems with, with friends, when we're having through problems with all of these things, we can ask ourselves, why is this happening? There's nothing wrong with asking that. But there's only one who can give us the answer. There's only one that can pull us through. There's only one that will get us through those difficult times and put us in a better place if nothing else, just with peace of mind that, to know that He still loves us. And that's God. It isn't easy to be a Christian. God never told us. Jesus, you never find in the Gospels where Jesus says, I'm going to make it a piece of cake for you. Just sign on the dotted line. All your problems are gone. He does say, come to me all of you who are what? And I will give you rest. Rest. But that doesn't mean that he takes you out of a difficult situation. That just means he gives you rest. You have peace in your heart. You have peace in your heart. Here is Job and just this, this beautiful faith that he has. He says, Lord, I, don't, I, I know I'm, if I die, it doesn't matter. That's what his words are saying. It doesn't matter if I die because I know that I'm going to see you again. Even if you're angry at me, I know that you love me and I know that I will see you again. Let me go to Romans. Let's go go to Romans. This is such a famous passage. Romans chapter 8. What's going on here? There we go. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. And I want you to think about what Paul is writing here. Alright? Think about what he's what he's saying here. And we know, and we, all of us here in the congregation, we know. We have So he's writing to the church of Rome, to to the members, and he says, "We," We as a church know, we all know, we have knowledge that all things, everything that we experience in our lives, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. So we know that all the difficult things in our lives, uh, all the, 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 the challenges that we fight, face as Christians, all of the sacrifices that we, that we have as Christians, because some of us may want to go one way, and God says, that's not the way I want you to go. I want you to follow this path. I want you to do this, this way. That requires sacrifice. We look at the story of Peter and, and the disciples and stuff, What was Peter doing? He's about to take over the family business, wasn't he? He was a a fisherman and he was going to become a fisherman and his kids were going to become fishermen and it was just going to continue on and on and on. And Jesus said, you're not going to be a fisherman. You're not going to take over the family business. Because I'm calling you to a life of sacrifice. I'm calling you to a life of challenges. I'm calling you to a life where you will have to love those who hate you. That's what Jesus was calling Peter to. I'm calling you to fish... Men. That is hard. How many of y'all like fishing? My son, I know my son loves fishing. How many of you are good at it though? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, no. <laughs> if I had to depend on, on fish to eat, I'd, I'd starve to death or become vegetarian. It's that bad. But how, I love fishing. I love fishing. And I remember when we went to, when we were in seminary, when we were in Michigan, you know, my, my brother has shown me a picture of a salmon that he caught, and that sucker was huge. Now, I know what you guys are thinking, oh, all, all fishermen overestimate the fish. No, this was a big fish. He had it in the sink, he had a picture of it in the sink, and the toe was out here, and the, it was like, bam, it was like, like three feet, is what he said. I don't know if it was about three feet, but it looked like three feet to me in the picture, okay? It was a huge fish. And I was like, man, I can't wait to go to seminary. Not to get the education. I can't wait to go to seminary to go fishing, is what I thought to myself. We ended up living on 308 Mechanic Street. And about 100 yards behind our house flowed the St. Joseph River. On top of that, the ladder where these salmon would swim up was just like a quarter mile away. And I was like, Lord, you've answered my prayer. This is perfect. I'm going fishing. I went with my friend Buster and we went fishing. And we were so broke, I didn't have money for a fishing pole. This is r- so I grabbed a pole. I went and cut down a stick, a big stick, and I used that. No fish. I'm like, blast it. I need more tools And So I went and saved up my money, got a fishing pole, and I started saving money and buying this and buying that. Nothing was working for me. Nothing was working for me. I only caught one fish while I was up there. I would go fishing every day after class to relieve some stress instead of study. Lord, why am I not passing these classes? Because you were fishing, boy, instead of studying. <laughs> so I'm out there fishing and nothing. So we go down to Sienna's dad. Uh, I, can, I think Levi was already born. And we went to this place called Rock, Rock Creek Bridge or Fox Creek Bridge. Rock Creek Bridge. And they, they have a hatchery there. <laughs> so it's like cheating. But it's okay because i had been frustrated. i would lost so many lures. I deserve this. And I went fishing with with, with Anna and stuff, and I'm just killing it. Like, bam, like, yes, like, thank you, Jesus. And I'm catching so many fish and stuff. And she goes, "Um, um, do you want to try a different bait to make it a little bit more challenging? I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to make it harder for myself intentionally. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm not going to make it harder for myself. I'm finally catching fish. To catch fish can be easy if you know what you're doing, right? But to catch men? <laughs> to change the heart of a man? Where we have the freedom of choice, where it, it is hard. So when Jesus says, "I'm not gonna, you're no longer going to fish, fish. now I'm going to teach you how to catch men. Peter should have instantly known, ah, Lord, that's not going to be easy. If they're as stubborn as I am, if they are as hard-headed as I am, Lord, that's not going to be easy. The life that Peter walked after he encountered Jesus was a life life of sacrifice. The life that Paul walked after he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus was a life of sacrifice. How many times was he shipwrecked? pricked Do I remember? I found him saying it was three. And he never had any critters bite him, huh? In Malta, he got bitten by a snake. Imprisoned. Beaten and left for dead. Gets right back up and goes right back into that city. The life that Jesus has called us to live is a life of sacrifice, a life where we will encounter pain. Because when we have surrendered our life to Jesus, our character is the one that needs to be transformed. So we sign that dotted line. And we will have peace in our hearts when we're following Jesus. But what Paul says here, we all know that all things work together all things, the good and the bad. When we are following Jesus Christ, understand, when we are following Jesus Christ, that's totally different than being stubborn and following your own way. When we're following Jesus Christ, all things work together. The good times and the bad times. When the Israelites were walking through the wilderness and they saw those plagues fall on Egypt and they see manna fall from heaven and they see the Red Sea, we're talking about the miracles, right? But what about the bad things? Those are all included in the all. They were afraid when they saw the, the Egyptian army behind them. They were tired of the fact that every time that Moses went to see the Pharaoh, their job got a little bit harder. They were tired. All of those things are together for the all. They all worked together. In our lives, when we go through life, we will have some times where we will see miracles. When we follow Jesus Christ, we will see have times where we will see the hand in, of God in our lives. And we will see those miracles. But then as we're following God, there may be also times where one of our loved ones falls ill. There may be times in our lives when one of our loved ones passes away. There may be times in our lives where God asks us to sacrifice to a point where we may not have any more financial resources in the bank. But all of those things, as we're following Jesus Christ, all of those things work together for what? For evil? They work together to make us quit? All of those things who love God, for those who are, I'm sorry, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. It It isn't always easy. Notice always. It isn't always easy to follow Jesus Christ. There are some times in our lives where we mess it up bad. And God has to go through a rebuilding stage in our lives. I think of Moses. Man, Moses. So gifted, so talented. So well educated. He was, he was ready to free the nation of Israel. By his own hand. Then he messed it up. He murdered somebody and ran away. But it was in that wilderness experience that God worked in his life. That is in the all. All of those experiences that he had, that's where he wrote the book of Genesis. We believe that Moses wrote the book of Job while he was out in the wilderness. All of those things, it's, God had to transform Moses' heart. We take the life of David. You think David was just a man after God's own heart instantly? His father-in-law wanted to kill him. And then we read the life of David and it says that David loved Saul. As a matter of fact, David killed the man who had told him that he had killed Saul for him. David loves Saul. He's running through the wilderness, he messes up with Bathsheba. Yet God continues to work in his life. Continues to, to, to transform David's character. The life of a Christian is a life of transformation. If you really are a Christian understand that you will face challenges in your life and it may not be easy and you may not see the result of your sacrifice here on earth and you have to be okay with that. That's a hard part. That is a hard part. That you have to be okay with the fact that you will go through difficult things in your life. That's the faith builder right there. There's this lady at the Campion Church, man. This lady, was a, she was a woman of faith. Stubborn with God. She would not let him go. She, she believed in her heart. She was healed. She passed away. A close friend of mine, same story, his mom passed away. My dad, he passed away. And it's hard to understand and it's hard to accept but faith says, Lord, even if I die now, even if that cancer, even if that sickness was to hit me now, I still want to believe that I will see you again face to face. And it's like Job said, because of my Redeemer, who is Jesus Christ. The life of a Christian isn't always going to be easy. But man, in my Short life of 39 years. <laughs> I'm still young, right? It's all in your head. My body can say whatever it wants, but my brain saying you can still do this is the key is. <laughs> the life of a Christian isn't always going to be easy. But I guarantee you when we follow Christ and we get to the end of the road, you won't say, man, I should have taken the turnaround. I should have exited early. I don't think Peter would have ever said that. I don't think John ever said that on the island of Patmos. Man, why did I follow that man? I knew he looked a carpenter from Nazareth. I shouldn't have followed him. I don't think John said that. I don't think David said, when he was an old man and died, I don't think David said, Why did I want to go kill that, that giant? Why didn't I just leave things alone? I don't think he said that. I think they all died with the hope and the peace that they had followed God because they know that they were going to see Him again. It's, it's a hard thing to think of that, to think of, of loved ones passing away, to think of our children getting sick, to think of the difficult times that a Christian may face, especially in the near future. But it gives me hope to know that God is still alive and well and that He will bring us through it if not here, than in a better place for eternal life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful because we know that You are alive and well, because we know that Jesus has died and resurrected and He's coming back again for us. Lord, we don't know when that's going to be. And at the end of the day, Lord, it doesn't matter because You have made a promise to us that He will return. And whether that's tomorrow or whether that's a millennium from now, He will return. Lord, may we be faithful until that day. Lord, there will be hard times. And I pray and I beg that You will comfort us, that Your Holy Spirit will be poured out upon us, Lord, so that we may know that You will bring us through that difficult time. And Lord, may we sing glory to You, because all things work together for those of us who love God. And we know, Lord, that even if we die, even if we perish, even if our bodies turn into dust, One day very soon, we will see you, Lord, face to face. And it's all because of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.